the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rebecca, it's hour two, 606 on a Saturday night. Good to have you here. I'm Randy Corcoran. 303-696-1971 is the number. 303-696-1971. Don't forget Arapaho Tea Party, the last meeting before the election. Uh, November Tea Party meeting would be on election night, so obviously we won't be doing that. Um, but uh, very important that you come out Tuesday, 630 to 830 or 9, South Metro Fire Rescue. Need a ticket. I have not gotten the event up to get you your free tickets yet. I will do that tomorrow morning before I leave the house. I would guess no later than 10 a.m. But in the meantime, if you're worried, and some of you uh, complain that it's difficult to get through Eventbrite, and I've had my troubles there before as well. But all you got to do is send me a an email at Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com, Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com. And if you're on that list, we, we add everybody who writes us to a list. And uh, when I send out the link to the tickets, you'll get them first uh, along with everybody else. So keep that in mind. I hope before this show is over, we get back to our opportunity to talk about how the, I think it's an old Breitbart aphorism that uh, politics is downstream from culture. Uh, because it is really playing out with uh, comments from superstars like Kanye West and um, and Bill Maher uh, really coming out to to expose the idiocy and the self-inflicted suicide of the radicals in charge of the Democrat Party trying to get elected as we head into election. It's very important. But, uh, man, reflecting back on history and understanding the things that have been kept from us is very, very important as well. It was the morning of September 11th, uh, what was it, 2012? Yeah, because it was the 11th anniversary of 9-11 that um, everybody started to figure out and get wind of something horrible that was going on in Benghazi. And uh, my connection to the people involved in that has been very fortunate as far as I'm concerned. I've gotten gotten to know Mark Osgeist, who's a Colorado product, U.S. Marine, I got to MC a Lincoln Day dinner years ago for Chris Tonto Peranto, a U.S. Army Ranger. And then my, my best friend, uh, my best acquaintance of the bunch is uh, John Tigtigan, who's also here in Colorado. And he joins us right now with some exciting and uh, fascinating new information regarding things we didn't know about the 13 hours in Benghazi. John, welcome back to the show. Sorry, John. Hey, Randy. Yeah, got you now. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you having me back on. Oh, it's such a pleasure, and I just, you're going to hate me for this. Because the very first <laughs> yeah. thing I want everybody to know about is the last text that you sent to me. And it was a picture from your twins' school, because you were there working at the school oh, yeah. on behalf of your twins, man. I just, people, you know, you're a, you're a massive, built tough guy you you go around with your beautiful german shepherd and you you provide protection and you support freedom and liberty and stand up against just evil uh, during the riots in 2020 i mean i don't want to go over it all uh, people don't look at tig tigan as the father of twins showing up to help out at school 
I think that is really cool. <laughs> Especially of having me organize some of their schoolwork, which is kind of scary, but <laughs> you know, it, you know, teachers need help sometimes too. <laughs> it looked like a military level organization of that classroom, brother. So, uh, oh yeah, very, they got a pretty good school there. Very, very impressive. Well, I don't know the details, uh, very many of them that you're about to share with our audience. Um, you indicated that a new book is coming out in, entitled yeah. Benghazi, Know Thy Enemy, and it's going to expose some things that have been kept under wraps for quite a long time. Before we go down that road, though, when people hear you're coming on, text messengers always write in, and they want to know. I've read the book, 13 Hours in Benghazi. Most of us have seen the movie. It's just incredible. People want to know how real to life the book was and then the uh, the epic movie that was made from it. Well, I would say for me, I, I'm not to say it, I have not read the book. I've read my big chunks of it and not even all my parts in the book. But, you know, the, the book is, I, I'd say, 100% accurate um, from what my knowledge is because, you know, a lot of people don't realize we didn't actually have the benefit of talking with each other before we even did the book. We ain't like we talked and we debriefed about each other or anything. Myself and Oz, we talked, and I think uh, Tonto and Boone, they talked, but they're all, they all, they, you know, we worked together during that night. Like, nobody ever really sat down and talked talk with Jack. So it was what the author did. We actually just tape recorded our version of that night, what we did, what we saw, and he meshed our stories together, and that's how the book came up. So, again, we didn't, yeah. So there's, there's things like I wasn't even going to put in the book, but, you know, Oz learned a lot of it from um, from Rome before he was killed, and that's the only reason why some of them come in the book, because to me, I'm not going to put something in the book that it's just my, you know, only I know about it, and the other guy who did, you know, he's no longer with us. So it's that's how the book came out. So to me, the book's 100%, and the movie, I'd say it's 50% accurate. And that's typical of Hollywood. But, you know, I always hope when there's a, a, a great and it's exciting movie that when people watch it, it, it gives them a hunger to go and read, uh, you know, more factual accounts of what really happened. And, you know, I, I suppose it's possible that there are people listening who've been in a coma since 2012 or are new to the country or, you know, were um, studying to be monks and didn't watch any TV, read any newspapers. But why don't you give just, uh, if you can, a three or four minute recap of uh, what life was like for you on the that particular day and the night before. Oh well, yes, yeah, so, you know nine eleven two thousand twelve. Um, we had a U.S. ambassador uh, that came down, Ambassador Stevens, and he was doing a lot of things down there. And we we're actually going to go and look at another spot for an, for another consulate. He was opening up a English corner for a school so that's why he was kind of down there there's a little thing he's down there for but uh we got attacked um on 9-11 around you know 9 30 depending on who you talk to and unfortunately we got delayed um actually we got told to stand down the u.s ambassador and sean smith were killed because of that stand down order and you know we went over there the cia team went over to the conflict we weren't in the same compound they were a mile away. We went there, uh, did a hostage rescue with them. We repelled an assault. After that, we repelled that assault. We got those guys, brought them back to our compound. Uh, we got assaulted uh, three more times, and unfortunately, the final assault uh, was uh, came with mortars, and that ended up killing uh, uh, two Navy SEALs, Rowan and Bub, Glenn Doherty and, and uh, Tyrone Woods. And 
that's pretty much the quickest I can really do it. But it was the local Libyans that actually rescued us and got us out of Benghazi safely. Yeah, just uh, you know, for people who haven't lived through war, um, if you have to you're reading, if you have a good imagination, reading books is the best thing ever. But a but a good movie just expresses the chaos and the noise. And, and you you suffered um, the re, the reactions to concussions and all the the slash yeah. bangs around you. weren't you banged? Didn't you get your head banged into a a wall? Just all kinds of stuff that went on. I mean, what was the physical? result of your participation that day i mean for me i mean i got a probably a tbi um don't know if directly related to that i think it actually happened at a different attack but i was going through the window and whacked my head uh, on the on the bottom of the window going to the safe room obviously you know close proximity to a lot of explosions including the mortars um got shot in the side uh, but didn't penetrate the body armor which was i got lucky um, so that was probably about the biggest uh, stuff for me. And then, you know, just, you know, just seeing what you see, getting your, you know, your brothers blowing up and stuff and having to treat them. Um, so it's, you know, it's, but more concussion or I would say, uh, concussive, uh, explosions for the TBI and never get diagnosed with TBI and stuff like that. So had a major road rash is what they call them, the lungs from going in and out of the, the fires from at the consulate. So I, you know. Walked away with a few things that are going to be permanent. You still look pretty damn good, man. Hey, you know, <laughs> not, not too bad, especially getting hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we still got some work to do on that, don't we? Um, <laughs> man. Uh, so that's for the new information. Literally, I'm just that. Well, just but, found but, out but about before this. we get before we get to the new information, can you just refresh okay. people's recollection about some of the horrible things that we've already know that have already been released? about, you know, Hillary Clinton and, and the response to Benghazi and the stand-down order that particular night. Can you just uh, summarize that a little bit and give you all the time you need for the new stuff? Well, you know, immediately during while we're still in the middle of the attack, um, the administration at that time, which was Obama, Biden, and Hillary, uh, came out and concocted a story about uh, some, some guy who made a video and said it was a protest uh, that 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 went south at the consulate, which we knew that night, even when we were actually over there within an hour, um, that it was it was a straight up attack. Because when we got notified, the consulate had been already overrun. So if there was a protest, they would called us, saying, "Hey, there's a huge protest." You know, uh, say we that we would evacuated them and brought them back to our compound through the other side of the compound, uh, to back to ours. Um, you know, so they you know they went after you know the American that was here. The video that had nothing to do with the attack, um, and you know they just lied and lied. Uh, they weren't telling the truth about what happened that night at all, um, and you know no no support was coming. But find out actually the new information has to do a lot with why support didn't come, um, and you, you know we end up getting pretty much chastised by the you know fifty percent of the country pretty much. Uh, because we came out with the book and, you know, we told the truth of what happened. And, you know, we we still get, I still get some threats every now and then. And um, obviously if you, you follow me on social media, I don't really, I push back. I don't, I don't, I don't take threats lightly. So, um, but it's, you know, the, just the fact that she doesn't even recognize Ambassador Stevens, which she calls her good friend, you know, on his birthday or even on the anniversary of 9-11. I want to say anniversary, but the, remembrance of 9-11 uh, 
you know, it's, it's always just about the, the twin towers and stuff, which, you know, I get it. A lot more people die, but you know, the effects of losing the U S ambassador is like losing your president because he's the direct representative of our country. So, you know, I'm not saying it's bigger, but for them not to recognize it, it's, it's a real shame, but it shows that they're just incompetent at what they're doing. Talking with Tig Tigan, one of the heroes of the 13 hours in Benghazi. Uh, he was there on the ground, uh, shot in the side. Um, just a massive, massive battle. Anybody who's read the book, watched the movie, watched the news when it was happening, understands what went on. Hillary Clinton's just a scumbag. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no justification for anything that she does except whether, if it, whether or not it benefits her politically. And uh, never, ever any respect for, uh, for that evil person. But uh, this new book is coming out, Benghazi, Know Thy Enemy. It's going to expose information that has not been in the public sphere before. So, uh, John, uh, let us know, man, what's coming. So uh, I'm going to say a lot of it people probably figured it out or kind of we all kind of suspected it, but now it's it's out there. It was a pre-planned attack. Um, it was actually it was perpetrated by al-Qaeda, you know, the al-Qaeda that was on the run. Um, they're on the run to Libya. And it was, it was pre-planned. The QRF, uh, which is going to play in a little bit further, uh, the 17th Feb, which was Quick Reaction Force, or the security force for the U.S. consulate, had contacted uh, Bob, our chief of base, three days prior or a few days prior to the actual attack and told him that they would never support um, us or the consulate if anything ever happened. So the night of when it happened, um, he bombed again, called 17 Feb and he reminded Bob saying, Hey, we are not coming. You guys are on your own. So when I talk about, again, going back to that stand down order that we received from Bob proved that, and we got told we lied about it to, um, to sell more books, according to the Congressman Adam shift. And if, it, again, if we weren't told to stand down, then why would we wait? If he knew no more help was ever coming, we were the only hope that they had. He knew it through days prior and the, and the, during the attack. Why, why didn't we leave immediately? Cause we were told to stand down. So not only that, the whole entire night we were being lied to by our chief of base and by our team leader about support. They knew nobody was ever coming. They knew it and they, they did not tell us, did not relay the information. And it's, it's, and what also the, sorry, anger starting to kick in again. Yeah. It was, it was two different Al Qaeda organizations that attacked a different, a different organization attacked the consulate. Than, it, than that attacked us. And the group that actually attacked us is the same group that brought um, Bob to our compound. The reason why, if you read the book and the movie, the reason why they, they, they were delayed on coming to us and the reason why is because that, that Al-Qaeda group was picking them up and they wanted to set the mortars up so they could kill us all at the same time. That's why the last attack was with the mortars. I don't know why it, why it stopped yet because I haven't read the book. She won't tell me everything because she wants people to read the book. Um, and again, who, who wrote the book and is actually Sarah Adams. She was a CIA targeter, and what a targeter's job is is to find is to find these bad guys and get them either on target to a location where we can kidnap them. So she's very good at locating people and getting information and assets 
And the other person who helped her out was was Boone, the other GRS guy who's kind of, you know, in you know, not really public, but he was there with us that night as well. So you know, there's a lot of validation with this new book coming out, and and it's it's I still want to I want to read. It comes out on the 18th. Um, don't know exactly. I know it's going to be on Amazon, I believe. Don't know where else it's going to be, but there's yeah, it, just the fact that our our direct our direct leadership lied to us and pretty much we would have addressed a lot of different things differently that night. Sound like Camille Harris right now, Yeah. but it, 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 the more information that you have is how you attack things, especially when you're the freaking security, you're responsible for the lives of everybody behind you. But when your direct leadership is lying to you, and again, I don't know if that's why everybody was covering it up because the CIA screwed up because it's actually, Oh, sorry. Now, as for no help coming to Benghazi, it's because our t- again Bob and Hush, our team leader, stopped relaying the attacks. After we rescued the State Department, brought them back to our compound, they stopped reporting the attacks on us. That's why no help was coming to us. It wasn't that the military was told to stand down? It's because they weren't reporting the attacks no more. Wow, it's just it's just so terrifying and and. Tig, there's a there's an easy answer for why they were covering up, man. It was an election year. It was a presidential yep. election year, and, yep. uh, Barack, and wanted, it, yeah, Barack yeah. Obama was, uh, uh, you know, he he eventually beat Mitt Romney pretty well. Uh, Candy Crowley of CNN pretty well put sealed that deal when when uh, when um, Romney couldn't respond to her comment in a debate. But uh, yeah, they, it's it's all about elections. It's all about winning. That's certainly a huge part of it. So the name of the book is Benghazi: Know Thy Enemy. Comes out October eighteenth. What's the name of that author again? Uh, it's Sarah Adams. And do, could you put her and I in touch so that um, yep. so that we can get her on as well? I'd love to get a copy, oh, yeah, read it, and good. Yeah, she's really good at articulating everything. She's, I mean, she's a blonde, but she's really smart. <laughs> I, Tick, I said that. Tick, I'm not sure that that seems like a sexist comment or something. I just I, it's, it has a feel like there's something politically well, incorrect about that. I'm just not I sure. I think it's that. more of a, I think it's more of a. No, I won't get into it. But. <laughs> no. Well, my friend, no, I, she's she's really good girl. I yeah, mean, she's awesome. Well, I think you and I are scheduled to do some talking next week. We've got some things going on outside of politics and and chat. Now, for a while, you were doing a. a either a daily or a weekly podcast. Are you still doing podcasts? And if so, where can people find them? Well, I am. I kind of stopped because it was, I just got so overwhelmed. So I'm actually piggybacking on, on Conservative Daily on Fridays. Um, I think it's uh, at 4 p.m. Um, on Fridays, uh, Mountain Central Time or Colorado Time. So I'm not really I'm still not really doing the modern patriot but i'm still doing the podcast i just didn't have the time to do all the the setup and everything and all the producing sure so i was doing it all myself so it, was, it just got overwhelming for me and do those so, are those broadcast on frank tv too as well uh yes they are okay and i've been invited I'm trying to, to get them kicked off <laughs> I, i've been invited to do some podcasts over there do you recommend it i it, from what i hear yeah it's, it's really good they get a really good um yeah, platform over there, so Very it's, cool. they're they're taking off, and well, plus I'm starting to do some uh, weapons training stuff at DCF Guns and, and Castle Rock, so look, you know, you can find me there too. 
Very, very cool. Well, I really appreciate your time tonight, my friend. Enjoy your Saturday rest of the weekend. And, uh, you know, keep sending me those pictures of uh, John Tig Tigan, Benghazi <laughs> war hero, at his twin's desk in their classroom. Pretty darn cool. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, man. Thanks so very much. All right, that's Tig Tigan. Uh, phone lines are lighting up, 303-696-1971. Again, we're way late on the break. I hope and pray to get into some of this politics downstream from culture stuff. I'm going to make sure you at least hear all of the Tucker and Kanye stuff that uh, Lewis put together for us this evening, and we'll continue with your calls as well. I'm Randy Corporan. Stay with us here, 710 KNUS. I hear you. That song certainly could and should be a theme song for this show, and I know that uh, that spirit, just not going to take it anymore, is what influences text messages like this. Randy, I'm afraid folks like Joe Day will be our Joe Manchin and hamstring us. We undermine the Republican ideals when we support, quote, Republicans who are not following Republican principles. Don't disagree. Salt that has lost its saltiness is worth nothing but to be spit out and trampled underfoot. Thanks, etc. And then I look over here at this Ron Hanks press release who has come out and said that he is supporting the libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate. And he ends it by saying, our republic is at stake and it must always come first, not our political party. For U.S. Senate in 2022, libertarian Brian is is and ought to be the choice of all Colorado conservatives. And man, oh man, as much as I admire Ron Hanks, and as much as I understand that contrary to what the, you know, the mainstream media folks like to say, oh, he's got sour grapes, he's just angry, he's being petty and petulant, that is nonsense. He is not. He served his country in the military. He worked, I think, in the uh, oil or the energy industry or something. He doesn't need another job. He is standing on his principles. He's just wrong. Our republic is at stake, and you will not stop another Democrat from being reelected. Michael Bennett, pro-abortion right out of the birth canal, 100% in support of Joe Biden and the radical left Democrat agenda. You will not contribute to stopping his reelection for the next six years or flipping just starting to push back on the uh, blue control of our state and, of course, our nation by voting for anybody besides Joe O'Day. The chessboard is set. There are one of two possible outcomes. They don't include an American constitutionalist. They don't include a libertarian. Don't waste your vote, please. What if it really is close? What if the polls tighten up as we get close to November? Will you change your position? Will you realize that sometimes it's, and listen, I support you in every one of your principles, but I know how just changing the momentum, the trajectory, can make such a huge difference over time, and I know for certain how important it is to have those majorities. We'll get to the calls here in just one second. wanted to share something that Matt Gates said last night during his Keynote speech right after Lauren Boebert, man. Two keynotes for the price of one. And they were both on fire. And it was fun, man. I was right up at the front table sitting with those guys. So, you know, just, and they're just so easy with it. Like, you know, they're not, when, I'm, when I've been with Mark Levin and he's getting ready to give a major speech, he doesn't want to be around people. He's in his thoughts and, you know, he's a deep thinker, incredibly serious, talks about profound 
and critically important things. He does not want to be bothered. In fact, one year in Washington, D.C., I was giving a speech from the west steps of the U.S. Capitol. It was a 10-year, I think, anniversary of the, of the Tea Party movement. Mark Levin was there. And I just noticed that he was really getting bothered because people would, could not leave him alone. And I went up and I said, hey, Mark, man, you want me to just, uh, can, you want me to be, you know, have your back here and uh, you tell everybody you'll talk to him after? And he said, yeah, I'd really appreciate that. And of course he did. He stuck around and talked to everybody until there was just really nobody more to talk to. But he just didn't want to be distracted before he gave very important remarks. I will tell you, sitting there having dinner and chit-chat with Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates before their keynote speak speeches in front of Hundreds of people, just as relaxed and easygoing and cool, calm, collected as can be. It's, they're just naturals. And Matt Gates talked a bit about the border, and he said we've got to go much, much further than what's being proposed, including shutting down the border. He said after we shut down the border, and we're within a few miles of doing so, Joe Biden put the stop on that. His policies put the stop on that. But once we do, we have to go further. We have to go into the inside of our country, find out where all of those flights that Joe Biden has sent into our cities on the inside of our country, all parts of it, and track down every single one of those illegal aliens that have crossed our border, many with good intention, I understand, many out of desperation, I understand, not the point. You can't do it. Our country is a disaster right now we got to take care of it before we can welcome ourselves or before we can open ourselves up to be, you know, charity central. That is not a recipe for success. Everybody will be brought down. He said we've got to find them and we've got to send them home, period. I really, that was probably one of the biggest applause lines he had. And man, oh, man, he had a bunch of them. All right, let's get to Jim in Inglewood, who was kind enough to call back for the second hour since we couldn't get to him in the first hour. Jim, thanks for that, and welcome to the show. Hey Randy, um, the first time I've been listening to it since your new hour, but um, well, thank you. I just I just wanted to go. You know, I'm just thinking about what's going on with Herschel Walker, and you know, the the Daily Beast came up with it, which is nothing more than a, a rag for the Democratic Party. I find it hard to believe that the RNC didn't have this information before as well. Um, otherwise, I think they may have, but they just wanted to. Uh, have a, I guess, a Trump-supported guy crash and burn so the party would, they could say, we need to move away from Trump. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't always believe in conspiracies, but I got to think the RNC knew about what was going on with Herschel. So, Jim, you know you're talking to the RNC committee man. Uh-huh. The God-fearing, country-loving dad, husband, granddad, constitutional conservative, Tea Party patriot, Republican in that order, right? Hmm. I put the Republican Party at the end of that stretch because for me, it's not about being a Republican. It's about using the Republican Party as a tool to advance every one of those priorities that I put ahead of it in that list. The Republican National Committee is not out to get America First candidates. We love America First candidates. The Republican National Committee, just like the Colorado State GOP, does not pick candidates or manipulate so that certain candidates come through and others don't. All they do is create the platforms, the processes, and the support systems for people to run their primary races and then try to support them during the election. 
So it is not an RNC thing. I don't know what Mitch McConnell thinks. I know he doesn't want America first people in his Senate. That's the way he yeah. looks at it. But that's not the RNC, man. Uh, I've got colleagues and pe- fellow patriots on that massive organization, and I'm happy about it. I'm impressed about it. So I just got to mm-hmm. keep disabusing you of those notions about the RNC. Well, I mean, I, I'm just surprised that it, this only comes out, you know, the I'll quote the October surprise. It comes out now, and it comes through the Democratic side. I'm just wondering if this information, I mean, it's, and, you know, if you read the, you read the uh, information on this, his son or his son from one of his uh, mistresses, I guess, a Christian there, well, he, he uh, has come out just slamming the heck out of Herschel. And actually, I like Herschel. I think he's a great guy. I just think when the, uh, the elections become about the candidate versus the issues, the Republicans always lose, just like what's going on with Joe O'Day. And Hank now, now it becomes those two versus the issues of Fentanyl Bennett. And that's the problem with the Republican Party, because when it does, when it becomes the candidates, it now the issues now shifted from, you know, from the policies. And that's what I say is going to happen now with Joe O'Day as well. Well, Jim, my friend, you give the party, whether on the national level or at the state level, a lot more power and influence than it actually has. There are outside forces. There are establishment, well-moneyed consultants and donors and everybody else who do have a lot of influence and we in the grassroots have to continue to build up our own resources and our own abilities to at least keep up with some of that but it's not the Mm. party and there is certainly no intention on the rnc to stop any of these america first candidates Uh, this is an america first rnc through and through brother well, you know, then I, I, I'm just, I'm just speechless how this happens this way. Well, it's the, that, it's uh, constant the October surprise. But the, the parties don't pick the candidates; the voters do, and the people who choose to run get to run. We and we don't have any say over any of that. And so our job now well, is to push it. It's you know, Warnock is just that bad. Herschel Walker is going to win he, in he, Georgia, and so I'm not. Well, I, Go ahead. I, you may be right, but now it's become now about uh, Herschel Walker and his private issues, and that is not going to help him at all. Well, it didn't it stop Donald Trump from getting elected. It didn't stop Donald Trump from getting elected, did it? Well, I mean, Donald Trump stayed on issue, and maybe that I hope that goes on with Herschel. I do too. But uh, I think you know, look at who he was running against. He was running against Hillary, who everyone literally hated. Warnock's already been elected once, so, I mean, it doesn't take much for people to vote for him again, you know, that already voted for him. It's going to be a little, I think that's a little bit different right now, and uh, so it's, I think it's going to be a very close race. And I, to be honest with you, just switching, I think Joe Day is the perfect candidate for Colorado, and I think you've already alluded. He cannot be, he's got to be somebody that straddles the middle, and I think that, uh, I think that if this issue, if he can get it back to the issues concerning fentanyl Bennett, he's going to do really well because people have had it. I mean, I know people. My my daughter's gone is going to see you. She has two kids within her dorm that OD'd. I mean, this is horrible. It's horrible. been going on around here. Jim, you know, and and the Democrats own it. They Jim, own this. Jim, I'm up against the wall, but uh, you know one thing that Joe has done an excellent job of is staying on message. And uh, there's time for these polls to flip. There's time for an awful lot of different things to happen. God is in His heaven, and we'll know man sooner in, le- in just a little over four weeks. I really always appreciate your perspective and your passion. 
I hope you'll call again soon. All right. All right, we are at the last break, and I am going to devote it to sharing with you at least. We're not going to get to Bill Maher again. Less work for you again next week because, I doggone it, we're going to do that conversation. The Bill Maher thing was so important because um, there was a history professor who wrote a uh, wonderful um, article, an opinion piece, uh, almost a mini thesis on what he called presentism and the way that, uh, that the modern left is trying to change history or uh, replay it, rewrite it in the, with the filter of how we look at each other and life in general today. And, um, and Bill Maher just hates it. And we're going to get through that because it's an important conversation. But this primary thing, it's all part of the politics is downstream from culture that is something so important for us to remember. And you will really get a feel for that with these last few minutes and uh, the conversation that Tucker Carlson had with Kanye West over this. So you said um, that your father said when he saw the shirt, White Lives Matter, it's great to see a black man stating the obvious. So by which I think you meant that's obviously true. Yeah, that my favorite response, because I kept on thinking like, you know, people, they're looking for an explanation and people say, well, as an artist, you don't have to give an explanation. But as a leader, you do. Yes, I think that's right. So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing. Yeah, Kanye gets much more profound than that. He talks about God and his relationship on and on and on. We are in good shape, folks. I am very, very excited. All right, you sit tight. It's 644. We're right back here on 710 KNUS. I don't know. I'm a refined sugar kind of guy. Brown sugar is not my favorite, but the stones are hot. Even on a political talk show here on a Saturday night on 710 KNUS. I'm Randy Corcoran, 649. We've got just a few minutes left in the show. I'm going to play just some select pieces from the Tucker and Kanye interview. Uh, Kanye is just amazing, and it's more proof of the pudding that... uh, Politics is downstream from culture. And I know Joe, Joe Biden, proof and the statement, the old phrase really is, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, but whatever. Politics is downstream from culture. A couple things to do before we do that, though, and one of them is to tell you about another speaker that was attended the Pueblo Lincoln Day dinner last night, which was fantastic. A double-team hit parade of keynote speakers, Lauren Boebert, followed by Matt Gates, man, oh man, or is it exciting to think about what the new Congress is going to be like in January of 2023? But Robin Coran was down there. Her latest, she's worked for Ken Buck. She's an activist, been fighting pro-life issues forever. So happy we all are about the overturning at last of Roe v. Wade. A reminder to everybody that freaks out about that, all it does doesn't change any laws. It just says those laws are up to the states now. The states get to decide. Ooh, what a horrible thing. Get rid of the court. Pack it. You know, all the things the Democrats want to do. But Robin was there uh, representing the Truth and Liberty Coalition. And they put together an election guide. And it's fantastic. Um, if you are interested, it, it uh, promotes the differences in the top statewide candidates and also the House and Senate district seats that are important. They're targeted to different geographic areas in the state of Colorado. And uh, 
uh, and it, the, their recommendations and their choice of issues are all simply based on principles that I know so many of you and I share. So check out Truth and Liberty Coalition. See if you can get a copy of that. I'll have about 100 of them at the Tea Party meeting on Tuesday night, 630 to 830 at the South Metro Fire Rescue. People have been emailing me at ArapahoTeaParty at gmail.com. We'll send you the link to the Eventbrite uh, Tea Party event for next Tuesday as soon as I get it put up. Sometime, I would guess, before 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, and we're all going to have an awful lot of fun. Now, listen, I understand. Well, let me read you this text real quick. Pastor Warlock. Pastor Warlock has his own domestic abuse issues. Of course he does. Isn't it sickening when people who tell you, oh, I hope we win, but Republicans suck, but Republicans are bad, but Republicans have done this and done that. Yeah, Warlock, during his election, his wife came out and said, he hit me. So, you know, of course we're going to focus all of our firepower and attention on the fact that uh, that that uh, Walker has admitted had mental health issues and all kinds of things, had his head bashed in as a world-class running back in college and in the NFL. He is loved in Georgia. I think he's going to do just fine. But it also then leads to texts like this. Examples of wasted votes. John McCain, Lindsey Graham, Paul Ryan, John Boehner. I've paid attention to politics since I was 10. I used to believe in your argument the R is better than the D. I don't always say that, by the way. I no longer believe that. Stolen primaries have the same result as stolen elections. We need people that will stand up to make an improvement in our situation. I'm afraid Joe O'Day will be another Cory Gardner if Joe gets elected. I'm beginning to believe it's the party leaders that need to be changed. Party leaders do not pick our candidates. Please understand that. John McCain, for any good he did, his legacy will always be being the last thumbs-down vote that stopped us from repealing Obamacare. After years and years of campaign promises and fundraising, John McCain did on that very issue. I get the positions and perspectives on Boehner, Graham, Paul Ryan, etc. But this is bigger than that. This particular election is bigger than that. It's not about the individual candidate. I know we'll talk about this more. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Ballots out in a little over two weeks. Election in a little over four weeks. Unbelievable that it's on us right now. Before I play this Tucker and Kanye audio, though, I do. I've forgotten all show long to send my personal thanks out to President Trump. Because finally, after two weeks in a row, he finally postponed his rally tonight in Nevada until after my show. And Newsmax was kind enough to wait until 7 o'clock to uh, kick off their pre-rally coverage. So thank you, thank you, President Trump. I got an invite, by the way, last night to Mar-a-Lago. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You can damn well bet that if I'm there on a Saturday, well, no, I'd probably not broadcast. I'd be too busy. Uh, But I'd be, be a lot of fun to tell you about that trip when I get back. All show long, though, I've been trying to get through some of this politics is downstream from culture. I've played the audio clip of Kanye where he explains to Tucker Carlson, Kanye West explains his statement about um, his T-shirt that has gotten him a lot of flack, White, White Lives Matter, and he had a lot more to say. So you just came from Paris Fashion Week, you just landed, and yeah. the lanyard's still on from it, and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. 
Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What, what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen, I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point. That 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. Kanye West. I really felt like, I think I started to really feel this need to express myself on another level when Trump was running for office and I liked him. Yes. And every single person in Hollywood, from my ex-wife to my mother-in-law to my manager at that time to, you know, my, my so-called friends slash handlers around me told me, like, if I said that I like Trump, that my career would be over, that my life would be over. Uh, they said stuff like people get killed for wearing a hat like that. They threatened my life. They put my life. They basically said that I would be killed uh, for uh, wearing the hat. I had a, uh, someone call me last night and said anybody wearing a White Lives Matter shirt is going to be greenlit, and that means that they're going to beat them up if they wear it. And I'm like, you know, okay, green light me then. <laughs> Yeah, and we've got time for one last clip, Tucker and Kanye West. God builds warriors in a different way. I don't know if it's because of me being a born in Atlanta and growing up on the south side of Chicago that, you know, he made me for such a, such a time like this. It's like with David, you know, he tended to the sheep, but while he was out there, he had to fight all kinds of animals. So when it was time for Goliath to come, he thought because he was a sheep herder, that he didn't have the skill set to take down Goliath. And the thing that I have is the position, I have my heart, but the number one thing is we have God on our side. And for the people, even if you don't believe in God, God believes in you. I just had no idea with regard to Kanye West. He went on to say God is preparing us for real battles. We're in a battle with the media. The majority of the media has a godless agenda, and they're like, he is crazy. They don't work because the media have also watched travesties happen even specifically to me just watch it and act like it wasn't happening and they stay quiet about it and i guess part two of that interview that was thursday night part two aired last night on tucker highly encourage you to go back and hear the entire thing most loyal listener in america to 710 KNUS, alexa wrote earlier tonight let me start off with two words let's go brandon i prefer mean tweets over nuclear armageddon but that's just me Man, we didn't even get a chance to talk about some of that. Don't forget the Arapaho Tea Party meeting Tuesday night, 6.30, South Metro Fire Rescue. Write me at Arapaho Tea Party. Write to Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com, Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com. The Eventbrite for free tickets will be up tomorrow and uh, probably no later than 10 o'clock. Thanks so much to John Tig-Tigan, one of the heroes of the 13 Hours in Benghazi, a texter asked to repeat again the title of the book, Benghazi, Know Thy Enemy, comes out October 18th. Benghazi, Know Thy Enemy. The author is Sarah Adams. Get busy out there. Be a poll watcher. Be an election watcher. Sit around and monitor the drop boxes. Contact me if you need help getting organized. God loves you. So do I. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.